Homestyle Green, episode number 27. G'day, it's Matthew Cutler-Welsh here for Homestyle Green. Very glad to be back down in the studio with my trusty MacBook Pro back in action and a live and well internet connection. Quite staggering how um, detached and frustrating it was to be without an internet connection for two weeks. Uh, Quite staggering, really. Uh, But we've got the issue fixed and we're back online and I'm really pleased to be back on back on the Mac, although I did have to learn a few more new skills uh, downloading some software on my PC to get a podcast out last week. So interested to hear if anyone can uh, hear a difference in the in the show. Um, but certainly from a workflow point of view, definitely keen, uh, happy to be back. Now, the other reason that it's good to be back online is because I can check out what's happening on the roof now. Um, We've got the solar panels uh, installed, thanks to Vector, who were here for most of the day on Friday. Um, They are targeting an installation to be about four hours, but this was one of the first ones they did with their system with a tile roof. I'll put some photos up so that you can have a look. And it's there's some new things that the electricians have got to figure out, particularly because the system is unique and it does have a um, about an 8-kilowatt capacity lithium-ion battery and a bit of, bit of technical lingo there, but basically that means there's a big grey box in my garage and that box is capable of storing almost a day's worth or more correctly an evening's worth of power for our house so uh, the fact that that's all connected to a modem means that i can log into that system at any time during the day and see what's going on and it's very cool actually they designed it very similar to i don't know if you've seen the dashboard of a prius or a hybrid car and there's a little image there of a an engine and the drive chain or the wheels of the car and a battery and at various times when when you're accelerating or or braking you can see energy flowing either from the wheels uh, to the battery if you're braking it's charging the the, uh, the batteries or from um, if you're just cruising along or, or in a gentle slope it, it, it's the energy is coming from the battery to the drive chain or if you're accelerating hard uh, then there's another arrow that lights up, which is the bat, the um, when the engine kicks in, and that goes to the drive chain. Very similar thing in the dashboard that's provided by Vector for our house. So we can see when solar power is going into the battery, or when solar is going directly and being used in the home, or when our home, like it is now because it's night time, is being powered by the battery, or when the battery is feeding back into the grid and there are multiple other combinations of flows there so very cool dashboard and um, the feeling is from Vector and I've heard this from overseas and both in in car analogy and also in houses that it's having that dashboard that actually makes quite a significant improvement in the overall efficiency of the house. Obviously, having solar panels helps, but just having that information available and knowing what's going on in your house um, 
um, I've heard figures up as high as 20% uh, power reduction or uh, increase in efficiency just from having that information available. So very exciting stuff there on the home front. The other thing that's happening in New Zealand at the moment is getting a bit chilly. And uh, I've put the heater on when I was down in Christchurch last week. I don't know if that's just because I live in Auckland now and I've got a bit soft. But it was forecast to be 6 degrees overnight on Saturday when I was down there. And um, was a bit more comfortable with the heater on. Um, but it's definitely getting to that time of year again. And the other thing, of course, has been daylight savings. Now, I think marketing's been pretty good around testing um, smoke alarms around daylight savings. So if you haven't done that, definitely a good thing to do. Check out the, the smoke alarms, check the batteries, make sure they're all working. And that's, I think, particularly important at this end of daylight savings because chances are it's when the heaters get, brought out of the cupboard, dusted off from the garage, and you plug them in and, and uh, off they go. And dust may have accumulated accumulated in those on those heaters. They're probably, if they're going to um, go wrong, they'll probably go wrong at, at this point in time when they've been sitting, um, getting, getting dusty and, and maybe rusty, depending on what kind they are, for a little while. So definitely make sure you've got those smoke alarms checked out. And with the heat pumps, um, make sure you clean the filters as well because that's probably been sitting there not doing anything for maybe even six months. And it's quite easy to pop the, the, the front of most heat pumps, pull out the filters and give them a bit of a vacuum to get rid of all the dust and, and gunk that's accumulated in that air filter. You'll probably save you a bit of money from doing that because they'll run up to 50% more efficiently uh, some by some estimates. So definitely worthwhile doing. And while it's in operation during the winter months, you probably want to do that at least once a month. Um, get up there and, and uh, clean those filters out. All right, other news. Uh, was down in Christchurch over the weekend and uh, very privileged actually to attend the, the pre-have, prefab uh, hive uh, expo down in um, at the Addington, uh, so not at Addington, at the agricultural show uh, showgrounds in Christchurch, and it was great to be there because I got to present a certificate to the High Performance House, which is a it's a brand that has been developed by Anne Salmon Architects, uh, and and I, I caught up with Anne while I was down there. Um, great lady really passionate about what she does and she produces some great work i'll put a link to the website and you can have a look at some of Anne's work including the high performance houses website uh, this house down there is prefabricated um, in the quite literal sense it was made off-site and brought to uh, the hive by a truck and it's a combination uh so joint effort from beacon pathway and New Zealand Steel. Uh, it's a very, very um, impressive building, partly because it looks really good and it also performs really well. And they've got it full of sensors and they're going to do some great analysis and research, as Beacon Pathway does. That's what they're very, very good at doing, that sort of stuff. So it's going to be great as winter progresses. They're going to have someone stationed there all day. So if you are in Christchurch, head along and check it out. Uh, just check the opening times. But as that project progresses, I'll be looking forward to um, 
getting an update on on how that building's actually going. Um, and hopefully we can talk to one of those people in more detail about that project later on. Let's get into this week's podcast, which is actually an interview I did a few weeks ago with Ben Adam-Smith from the UK. Now, Ben has a great website. It's very clean, really professional looking, uh, and it's called houseplanninghelp.com. I'm going to crack right into the interview, and I'll catch you after the main interview. All right, welcome back to Homestyle Green. It's Matthew Cutler-Welsh here, and I may be speaking slightly quietly this morning because it's early in the morning. I'm down in the studio at home, and right next to me are some people who are still asleep because it's early in the morning. And the reason it's early in the morning is because I'm speaking to Ben, who's on the other side of the world. Hello, Ben. Hey, Matthew. Whereabouts are you? Well, I'm just north of London in a place called Hertfordshire, lovely county town of Hertford itself. Right. And it's very awesome to be speaking with you again, Ben. I, ben and I had a chat um, probably about a month ago now, and I was really um, excited to come across Ben Adam-Smith and his podcast. Uh, I Initially from a, was a media content um, uh, post that you did, but Ben and I are actually the same age. Um, we live on different sides of the world, and we're we're doing some similar stuff on on the internet and and podcasting. And to let you know a bit more about that is, I'm gonna I'm gonna hand over to you, Ben, and perhaps explain, just sum up what it is you do, and also tell tell us why you do it, what what's motivated you to start doing what you're doing. Well, I have a background in the media, so I worked in radio for quite a long time, and I love doing that. But I was very keen when I finished that and set up my production company that I should do something that I'm passionate about. Yeah. And I, I love the idea of buildings and making them more energy efficient. But I was trying to think back to exactly why I set up the podcast. There are, right. there are all sorts of different reasons, really. One in our local town, it just, over the last few years, it's felt, quite a different place to be as buildings have come up and perhaps the sprawl of London has come out. It's just changed. And some of the buildings they've added, I don't think complements the town that we've built up and right. they're not places that I would like to live. So that was one aspect of it. And then there was the energy efficiency side because I feel that it's, it's getting more and more important. <laughs> I just find it also fascinating. And, and that's why I thought, right, I know that I can do the podcasting stuff because I've got the radio background. I'm just going to throw myself into it and we'll have an episode every couple of weeks, which is just about my learning, what I find out about building. And it's a dream of mine in a couple of years. I, I haven't set a, a date yet. It's one of these things that I want to, I've seen so many cases of it going wrong that I want to just build up my knowledge first of all. So yeah. that's where I'm at at the, at the moment. I've been going about seven or eight months and just loving it. Yeah. And clearly your enthusiasm and passion that comes through on your uh, regular podcasts and, and, and some of the things you've been up to recently. So really it comes down to observing a change in your local built environment and having a personal interest in, in creating a building and thinking about what your expertise were to that point is that is that a good summary 
I think so. I wouldn't say that I'm ever aiming to be an expert, although I, I like the um, idea of just being able to put um, more of my my own opinion in. <laughs> yeah. Because I yeah. think everyone, everyone have does have, yeah, everyone does have good ideas. And when we're talking about your local area, I feel some of those really should get heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about your local area. What What are the biggest issues for housing in the UK right now? It would have to be that houses aren't really getting built very widely. They tend to come into quite small areas and they'll build in quite a dense um, population. So that's one of the, the issues that we have, that no one wants our green land built upon. Right. And it's a, I imagine it's a very different situation from what you have in New Zealand where you've got so much more land that the process is quite easy, but it's actually quite difficult to find a good plot here in the UK, particularly when you get close to a city. It, you've got to be really innovative and uh, quite often you end up buying an existing property and adapting it, knocking it down. That's, that's one of the routes. Right, so it's a, a land availability issue. And also, um, I suppose it is land availability. Yeah, it's, it's being allowed to actually build on it. I don't know whether that right. comes under availability or planning, perhaps. Well, it's available as in, as, is, is it a physical restraint or is it a, as a po- policy or, or planning restraint? I think the, the effect is the same at the end of the day. It, it's hard to find a, a patch of land. And... Uh, it, it, there are some strong similarities there. We are currently going through, well, we've just started a planning process here in Auckland, and one of the big issues is Greenfield's development. And it's it's um, it's an interesting perception that, that we in New Zealand have acres and acres of, of lots of green space, but um, lots of people would like to preserve that as well here and, and draw urban boundaries to, to reduce that sprawl because we, we also don't want to want to have sprawl. So that's that's interesting. Um, I'd like to come back to the heritage issue as well, um, maybe a little bit later because I think that's one of the other key differences is, is that, well, there are some similarities that you have a heritage versus energy efficiency compromise, but uh, I think the, the um, you know, when we talk about heritage, we talk about 1970s. Um, <laughs> yeah, whereas... You know, you're dealing with houses that are two, three hundred years old, and and I understand that can be a bit of an issue sometimes. Well, it's a tricky one because I think that everyone wants to go down the energy efficiency route at some point. You want mm. you want to save that energy because we know the prices are going to go up. We don't want that to happen, but it's just out of our control. So the sensible person is heading in that direction, but. Because of all these lovely old buildings, the easiest way would be to externally insulate them. That's the yeah. the easy option. But unfortunately, it's just going to make a bit of a mess, really. Yeah. I've seen some examples and you just you despair. You see what they're doing, but to me, it, it doesn't work. You almost need to have a strategy to it and to do a whole area. And that's why a lot of the advance that we've seen in the UK has been through social housing. And they right. have, because they own all of these big properties, the finances work to do it all in one go. And mm, mm. I'm not sure whether we could ever get to that 
the other way around. But yeah, going back to internally insulating, yes, you can do that. But it does throw up a few more challenges that if you get it wrong, you can really trash the house and get lots of mould and damp. So there's no right answer to it. I think there are buildings that you can make better. You can improve the energy efficiency. But no. my query is still, will it be enough? How how expensive is energy going to get? Mm. Let's get a little bit technical. You mentioned external insulation. Do you? What's your understanding of that? How does it work? <laughs> oh, you're putting me on the spot here. <laughs> I am. How I'm does not... it work? Okay, well, let's have a go at this. It works by stopping the warmth of the house, in, in our case in London, from escaping so that it is... Um, coming back into the house and it's keeping the, the bricks warm. Whereas if it was on the inside, it would just be acting as uh, an outside wall. How did I do? That's pretty good. And and what's commonly used for, um, I mean, so you're taking an old brick or stone building and putting sticking something on the outside of it. What What's commonly um, used to achieve that? I don't think that you would go down that approach if you had a proper Victorian or Edwardian. You just wouldn't even think about that. But mm -hmm. if you were going to do it, oh, let's see if I can remember some of the names. You have to remember, Matthew, you're a bit of an expert here. And <laughs> I am certainly, I might refuse to answer that question. That's actually, fine. I've decided we we can, the names have just gone whoop. We, we, can, we can maybe put some links up. But the general concept, uh, and I'm just asking about it because I've spoken to some developers here using concrete slab and they're very proud of themselves that they're insulating the buildings but in in general they've got the buildings inside out and they put the insulation on the inside and um it's something that we're sort of just getting our heads around here that in fact insulation is better on the outside of the building rather than on the inside um so i'd be very interested to find out more about the uh the ways to achieve that particularly on a retrofit yeah it does get technical i will yeah, say that yeah. and much as I, I'm trying and uncovering and, and getting to grips with a few things, I think I just realised that I am only scratching the surface. It's it's quite frustrating in many ways. Well, and, and it's great that you're putting that out there um, and, and taking people on that journey, which I think is the, is the one of the purposes of your podcast and your your blog. You've got a blog there as well. Can you give us an idea of what your, what your goals and um, what you're hoping to achieve from your online presence? Well, for me, it's about just getting that information there in a different form. I think mm -hmm. it is available on the internet if you want to go and find on company websites. But part of the problem is that it's it assumes that you know everything to begin with, which, of course, for most people who are self-building or custom building, they don't know all of these things. So, it may be that I don't give you all of that detail, but mm. I can at least skirt around some of those issues. So yep. I hope that I'm creating a resource that other people in a similar situation will find useful yep. and maybe even just promoting a few things that they don't know about. I've become largely by accident involved and intrigued with the Passive House standard, which 
is something that's just growing slowly at the moment in the the UK, but certainly everyone's got their eye on on what's happening, and purely because of the end result, this energy mm. saving and and huge step up in energy efficiency. Really, mm, mm. I did notice a f- quite a few references uh, of, of passive house sneaking in recently to your episodes which is good i uh, some um, there is definitely some some interesting results like you say the end result are very very impressive and hard to ignore um sticking with your skills and experience at the moment I'm, i want to ask you about the internet and social networking new media um, video content all those sorts of things how do you see that shaping in particular the home building industry in the the next few years? Well, I don't know if this is the answer that you're after, but I see a big change in how we work. As this energy depletes, I think we'll be looking at ways to reduce physical travel and any physical job that we we have to do. Or Mm -hmm. maybe, no, no, not not so much that, but the the idea of um, if a job can be outsourced somewhere via computer to someone somewhere else in the world, then I wonder whether that might be the route that it takes because all this information can just flow backwards and forwards so quickly. So I see the towns of the future being places where you'll just have the the physical things that you can't do still going on in those towns, but we'll be working much more remotely and perhaps in our homes because you mm-hmm. don't need a lot to get going. It's just about quantifying the work that you get done so your boss knows that you're not slacking off. Yeah, yeah. And I also wonder whether we might be much more thoughtful in how we, how and where we live because mm-hmm. at the moment we've got this freedom to wander around and I just, I feel that we could be moving away from that, if anything, going in reverse gear for a little while. So right. those are the big changes that I see technology making and i'm sure there'll be innovation in in every industry and it will just keep on going we know how fast things have changed since the internet arrived yeah sure so really the 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 biggest impact that you you see will be um sort of telecommuting and um and more flexibility on where people actually live I think we'll have to be careful where we live. You almost might have to. It's fine if you're living in Auckland. Yeah, of course, that's going to be great to stay there because the the connections are good. And maybe that's a choice more of us will have to make to live in the cities because it's a bit Mm. more sustainable than being scattered here, there and everywhere. Or if you are here, there and everywhere, you've got to get used to uh, bit more of a a virtual friendship with people because there are friends that I have who I realise, actually, I haven't seen you for a couple of years because we don't live in the same area, right. but we we have quite a lot of chats over the internet. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think you're going to have your virtual community and your real community. Yep, yep. And, and that's an interesting point. I think uh, community is so important and the shape of community is changing and uh, having the, the social media and that, sort of electronic networking allows for a whole different level of, of community aside from the, the physical community that we're, we're surrounded by. Um, I want to know about your dream home. 
your if if you could create your dream home with a with a sort of a magic wand where would it be and what would it look like and what what features would it have in it can you paint us a picture of your your vision for a dream home what's quite funny is that when i started this podcast i had a very clear idea of well, houses should look like this. I've mm-hmm. grown up in historic parts and they, they should all be like this. But I knew that I had to stay open. And I think over the course of the first six months, I understood why you you should perhaps be building in a more modern style. It's because that's what we're good at now, rather than creating a pastiche of what's gone before. Yeah. I do think there are important lessons to learn from what has gone before, and I still don't feel I've done enough research into that. But the Victorian buildings and other similar historic buildings, they, they are just beautiful. And, and I, I'd like to understand why. I really would. But anyway, that's deviating a bit. So no, no, what no. I would like is to perhaps have a, a house in a, um, an area of the countryside just because I grew up there. Yep. Um, Maybe somewhere like West Sussex is a gorgeous area that's still got that countryside, but you're actually very close to civilization too. And I think I'd like a building that's got a lot of light because that's something that seems to make sense. You've got this free energy source coming in through the window. So certainly making use of more uh, floor-to-ceiling glass. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's... This whole process is something <laughs> that I haven't fixed in my mind yet. And I, one thing I have discovered is that you've got to do this together. And my other half has very different views to me. Right. We started out in the same place, but now we have quite different ideas of, of what we want. And I'm pretty much sold on the uh, idea of a passive house and right. what that would deliver for you. I, I, I know that the building regulations in certain parts of Germany, they are now from 2016 or 2015, they're going to adopt this as part of the regulations. So yeah. I I can't turn my back on, on that. And, and I'd like to live in one just to say that I know what I'm talking about, because it's one mm, thing saying, mm, oh, they're brilliant. But mm. if you haven't done it, then mm, I don't think you can say that. So those would be the key things. I'm not sure I'm such a gadget man, really. Uh, it would be nice to to have those renewable sources but i don't see them as essential and quite a lot of them need maintenance if you're doing water rainwater harvesting something like that mm. so keeping it simple so keeping it simple is exactly it yes mm. and the emphasis there would you prefer to create something new totally or or adapt something existing I would like to create something new now, mm-hmm. but I've seen some some good houses that draw on elements of the past. It's mm. not saying they recreate them, and I think that's where I would like to go, that you're using the local vernacular, but you're also creating something that's a bit more modern. Yep, yeah. But of course, all of this could change next week. <laughs> Depending on who you talk to. Hey, look... Um, it's a it's a great uh, insight into into the things you're doing. I'm wondering, uh, Ben, have you got a a book or an online resource or blog or 
um, something that you would recommend to people that are interested in the the area that you're promoting at the moment? Well, I would say a couple of things that I have found the AECB to be a great resource for me, and they are the Sustainable Building Association here in the UK, but they've got some great minds in there. And so that would be the website that I'd send you to, right. AECB.net. But right. also this guy, Wolfgang Feist, uh, maybe follow him on Twitter. I think he's a name that we should all have heard of. You may not agree with it necessarily, but just someone who has contributed a lot to probably where we should be aiming ourselves. So that was Wolfgang Feist? Feist. 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 So um, you can follow him on Twitter at Wolfgang Feist. Great. Awesome. And... Last little plug for yourself, Ben. How how can people get in touch with you, hear you, um, read what you're creating? On Twitter, I'm at Ben Adam Smith. And if you want to hear the podcast, then you can go onto iTunes and download it. You're looking for House Planning Help or come directly to the website and all the links are there. So houseplanninghelp.com. Great. Hey, well, thank you very much for your time, Ben. Really appreciate it. And I like to think that we might uh, get in touch again sometime and, and keep um, keep posted on what's going on on your side of the world and really draw on, on some of the similarities that are, are happening down here because I've interviewed a couple of people now in the UK and I think that there are more things that are similar than there are different. I agree. And I think that is the case in a lot of Western society that we should just be using the Internet as this great meeting point, really, to discuss which ideas are working well and then just drive it all forward and just do our best. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you very much for your time. And we'll talk to you again. Matthew, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Cheers, Ben. And there you go. That's my interview with Ben Adam Smith. And I definitely recommend checking out Ben's great blog and also check out his, his uh, podcast too. comes out every couple of weeks. And we actually exchanged interviews when we spoke over Skype. So tune in to his uh, next podcast or possibly the, the, the one following uh, the next one. Um, I don't have the episode number yet, but uh, it's yours truly. So you can check out that interview with um, Ben and myself on his podcast coming up shortly. Now, just a couple of quick notices before I go. Firstly, I have a little bit of an identity crisis at the moment. I'm thinking about the name for this blog and podcast, Homestyle Green. I like the first two bits. I'm not sure about the green bit. Uh, I want to make sure that this podcast and material appeals to everyone who is interested in in building houses that are better for people and better for the planet. And I know that green is a bit like sustainable, uh, eco, those kind of catchy words or uh, clicky words that may actually put a few people off. So interested in some feedback on that, uh, comments at Homestyle Green. Um, please do let me know what you think. And also, I do want to know who you are. Now, I'm going to be starting a email list shortly, and I encourage people to subscribe to that. What I really don't want to do is have a standard 
kind of newsletter, um, salesy kind of weekly or, or regular email. But I do want to know who you are out there so I can get to know you and so that I can go out and find answers that are useful to what you're doing. Now, there are two types of um, people that we're mostly interested in when we're talking about building uh, building better homes. It's the builders, architects, designers, building professionals. That's one group. The other group are people who are customers, essentially, who are looking to build a home for themselves or they're looking to find a professional to help create their home for them. So I want to know which category you're in, and I want to know a bit more about what, what issues you're facing at the moment, what kind of things you'd like to know about. So please do get in touch, comments at homestylegreen.com, and um, watch out for a subscription to an email newsletter. I promise I'm not going to bombard people. I don't have anything to sell at the moment anyway. Um, but I do uh, really keen to have a bit of a conversation. So once that does come out, please do check in and subscribe to that. It would be much appreciated. That's enough from me from this week. We've gone over the half an hour mark, so sorry about that. Um, tune in again next week to Homestyle Green. I am Matthew Cutler-Welsh, and have a great week.